come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. G'day everybody, welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt. And I'm Kimbra. And I said g'day instead of Bonbini because this is a special episode in many, many ways. It's taking place in Australia. Oh, that would be nice. That would be nice, but that's no, not it. they're not letting Americans anywhere near Australia right now, and I don't <laughs> really blame them. No, this is not taking place in Australia, but this is episode number 50. 50. That's like halfway to 100. That is halfway to 100. And if you see it, say 51 on like iTunes, uh, that's because there was a little faux pas with an episode that we... Anyway, it's 50. Count them. There's 50 episodes. And speaking of iTunes, as look, this is what we want. I know the 50th anniversary is usually get something gold for somebody. We're not going to do that. It's not really an anniversary. But here's what I would like to ask from our listeners out there. We have several hundred people that are part of the Fantastic Cruising community over on Facebook. And yet, if you go to iTunes and you look at our reviews, we don't have nearly that many reviews. So here's what I'm asking. Let's see what, how many we've got here. We have 49 reviews. So I know not everybody uses Apple products. That's fine if you don't. I understand, but if you do, or if you can get access to an iTunes account where you can give us a rating over there, that would be super helpful, and we would consider it an amazing, fantastic gift for episode 50. How's that sell, sale? Is that good? It's basically like getting a gold star. It, five gold stars. I mean, don't tell people to give us one gold star. Oh, you're right. <laughs> No, five, I think, is the number that's required to do a review over there for our podcast. I think they require five. No, I'm just teasing. But but seriously, it does help us quite a bit. iTunes is the main place where most people actually do get podcasts, uh, those of us that, that do use Apple products. And um, so that's one of the main drivers of popularity for podcasts and getting exposure and all that sort of thing. So if you don't mind, go over there, give us a star review and, and write some words down. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now, uh, this is also a very special episode. And the reason that I said g'day instead of Bonbini is because we have a very, very special guest that's going to be on in just a little bit here. Kangaroo Jack. Kangaroo Jack. Crocodile Dundee. No. No. The Crocodile Hunter. We're talking about Dave Burgess. Yeah, he's cool, too. From He's cool. He's cool, too. You know, Crocodile Hunter's kind of cool. And uh, I don't even know who Kangaroo Jack is. But uh, Dave Burgess, I've seen him wrestle some pretty scary stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah, Dave is, Dave is a good friend of ours and lives in Australia. Lucky dog. And uh, we got to get him on the podcast because him and his wife, Sue, they cruise a lot. And we wanted to talk a little bit about cruising and a little bit about Oz and uh, just chat, basically. And now, look, Sue's not on this episode, but that's only because we're going to get him back on down the road and she's going to be on that one. So what else is going on? I don't think much is going on. We haven't canceled our cruise yet on the horizon, but we, we're going to. It's it's not We're not going to be cruising in October on the horizon. We just haven't canceled it yet because we're still kind of thinking maybe they'll... I don't know. We have. It probably doesn't matter at this point. We have a week for yeah. them to cancel it on us. That's week. <laughs> so we're holding off, hoping that in this next week they're going to cancel it on us, and then we're going to have that opportunity for the extra onboard credit. Which I don't even know if we'll get because we have only paid a down payment. The hold it, but yeah, I don't know. We're we're looking at basically rebooking, maybe on the horizon. Uh, we were thinking next spring, but now we're maybe thinking next fall, actually, trying to go as far as next fall, and we'll see. So we may be back on the horizon in the fall. When I say back, I mean for the first time on the horizon in the fall. We, I don't know. I don't know. I really want to do that cruise. So I do, too. 
I guess Definitely if I have to too. wait another year, I guess I can. Yeah. That's about all we got going on, though, I think. Yeah, the cruise. And that's about it, yeah. That might have been the saddest you've ever sounded on this podcast. That was pathetic. That was really bad. I'm just really sad about it. I know, I know. And we wanted to go to the Keys, but now we're like, I'm not going anywhere in Florida. Like, I'm not, we're not going out anywhere local. Like, we're just like doing what we have to do. And that's it. Everything else, we're just avoiding people at all costs. Because Florida is crazy right now with this stuff. So... It is sad. It's sad. You know what? Let's let's lighten the mood a little bit. Well, I don't know how we did it, but we somehow we got Dave all the way from Australia. And hey, Dave, how is it going? I'm um, very well, thanks, Matt and Kimber. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Kimber? I'm doing good. She's doing good. I'm doing good. I mean, considering the state of the world right now, doing good is pretty pretty good, right? <laughs> so It doesn't get any better. <laughs> That's right. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know Dave, first of all, you should go to Facebook and find some of his posts because they're hilarious and they're they're long and they're well written and uh, thought provoking. But he is he and his wife Sue, they are Longtime cruisers cruised all over the place, but their their residence is, if you can't tell from the accent, is Australia. And if you couldn't tell from the accent, then you need a bit more culture, I think. But but uh, but they, you guys live kind of near Sydney, is that right? Yes, we're about uh, ninety minutes north of Sydney on the east coast, between uh, Sydney and Newcastle. Okay, okay, sounds good. So uh, I I've always wanted to get. Dave, and we'll get Sue on here at some point, but I've always wanted to get Dave and Sue onto the podcast because one, as you guys, anybody that listens to this podcast knows, I am totally just all about Australia. And also uh, Dave and Sue are super nice people. I got to meet them once in person. They came to to Florida just to see me. No, that's not true. They came to Florida on a cruise (laughs) and and they actually uh, reached out to see if you know, we could just say hi, and, and we ended up touring the aquarium and had a, a really good time. And uh, man, you guys have sent me like packages and stuff. It's just they're really great people, and so we wanted to get them on board and and talk to them about cruising and a little bit about Oz. So, uh, first of all, it's a lot of people I don't think realize that right now we're recording this in July, so in America it's summertime, but in Australia you're like. You're going into you're in fall, right? Is that is that accurate? Uh, we're winter now. Um, winter, okay. Six so weeks winter. from uh, six weeks from fall, as as you know it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's it's a little chilly down under. In more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. So, so here's what I want to do. First, I want to talk about cruising a little bit. So I know that you guys have cruised a lot. Do you know off the top of your head about how many cruises you guys have done? We've done 13. Um, But our cruises generally relate to um, multiple, like back-to-back 14 days plus another 10 or whatever. So we do longer cruises. Uh, And that's mainly platformed on the fact that we fly from Australia uh, to elsewhere. So we make it worth our while. Right. You, you guys, you don't just, that's one of the things that I actually wanted to ask you about is you guys don't just cruise. Like you're not just like, you know, I'm going to do a five day cruise or a seven night cruise or whatever. You guys are like doing these long adventurous excursions. And usually out of Australia, I think you said you've only cruised in Australia one time. Is that, is that right? Yeah, just once. And that was uh, just a three day. That was in February actually this year. Um, but everything else is overseas, and as I said, we just draw them out. We, we like transatlantics and uh, back-to-backs. We've got a uh, back-to-back-to-back booked for next October, yeah. You said a back-to-back-to-back. Like, I, I would be excited about a back-to-back, and then you're adding another back on there. That, that's that's just, correct. That's more backs. That's I mean, that, that sounds amazing. So what, what is the main area that you guys have cruised? Is it, is it Europe or is it North America? Oh, both. Uh, it'd nearly be half and half. 
Matt, I think. Um, I mean, the last one we did was when we caught up with you, and that was we do simple things like we had a, a transatlantic from t a Tampa to Amsterdam. So we just checked, well, where was the ship before then? It was five nights in uh, Cozumel, et cetera. So we tap that onto the front and make it worthwhile. And uh, we've done a fair bit around Europe, and uh, but we like both. We like both. They both have their their advantages and stuff. Different different things. They're very different. Now you guys have cruised in the in the Caribbean, like you said, Cozumel and stuff. You were on the Brilliance of the Seas, which is the ship that Kimber and I were on on our our first and last cruise together so far. Uh, but uh, hopefully not the last cruise ever. But um, but you have also cruised, I think, to Alaska and some. Have you done some other North American ports or just the Caribbean? Yeah, we've done Alaska. Alaska was our first ever cruise, um, and I didn't think I would like it. Honestly, I didn't think I'd like it. I, I often joke that I I spent 12 months trying to think how I wasn't going to get on the ship <laughs> and then spent seven days trying to work out where I could hide to stay on the ship. It was <laughs> awesome. There, there's, a, there's a common theme in the, in the cruisers that I've met where – uh, if it's if it's a couple that's cruising, the the man typically is kind of a little standoffish. I don't know if, uh, about this cruising thing. I think I'm going to be bored, and 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 the and the woman is kind of like, no, 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 we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And then usually uh, after the cruise, they're both gung ho, and and so you're you're that same old story then, right? Oh, that's it. I, I remember our first trip, and that that was Alaska when we went to uh, Las Vegas and. Etc. Beforehand, we'd never ever travelled anywhere, and uh, we didn't book anything else because we said if we don't like it, it's going to be silly. And uh, I remember the first day on the cruise ship in Seattle, we hadn't even left the port, and Sue said, "We just have to book something else." So <laughs> you, you hadn't even left the port yet, and she she no. already knew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, her at it. No, sorry. I, oh, I, no, I, I can relate to that because I, I, I think I experienced a similar feeling. Like I, I wasn't sure what what was going to happen. I was really worried about getting nickel and dimed to death, which is not a concern of mine at all with cruising anymore. And and then I remember getting on the the uh, Monarch of the Seas, which actually I think today just got like beached and scrapped. But uh, getting on the ship and just walking around and going, this is amazing. This is so cool. Like I'm I'm not going to be bored at all. But <laughs> No, well, we we did a fair bit on YouTube um, to sort of have a look at, at what we we might expect, I suppose. Um, and you speak to everyone, and it seems to be in life if you're going to do something, everyone you speak to is negative about the fact you're going to do it. Right. And you know, I expected pirates, seasickness, <laughs> norovirus, <laughs> you know, but falling overboard, and I. <laughs> We went on Rhapsody, which is a really little ship, and I'll never forget driving down to the port and Susan, we're in the cab and Sue's going, oh my God, look how big it is, look how big it is. And the taxi driver, when I think back now, you can see him rolling his eyes thinking, oh, here's the rookies, here's the rookies. <laughs> and and uh, But when we got on, I, I mean, the first thing I, I just picture is all the um, polished brass and the glass, and, and I thought, oh, I just felt at home. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And then the, the thing I liked about starting on the Monarch is it was an old ship. It was a tiny ship. So I knew that if I liked that, there was nothing but going up to look forward to. Like it wasn't going to get any worse, you know? So, and that's definitely been my experience. And, and I, I even look back on that ship with nothing but fond memories. That's pretty awesome. Very cool. So Rhapsody of the Seas, you went to Alaska and that did it. That hooked you. And on that trip, you came over to Las Vegas, and then you did the cruise. Was that was that the whole? It wasn't a back to back to back to back or anything like that. Oh no, it was a it was a funny thing because we'd sort of looked at it for probably two years about going overseas, and we didn't even have a passport. And I remember one Sunday morning we're at home, and I used to get out the travel magazine out of the newspaper each week. It was like a uh, a lift out. And every week I'd open it up and I'd say, oh, there's that Alaskan cruise. Not that I wanted to go, but soon knew <laughs> that I was I was fascinated with America and I still am. I, I just love the US. And uh, 
I always want to go to Vegas and I can't understand why because I don't know how to play blackjack or any of that stuff. I just wanted to go to Vegas and stay at MGM, the big green building. One Sunday morning, I said to Sue, I'm just going down to get, I still remember it, I went in to buy bacon and eggs to cook at breakfast. I was gone 10 minutes, I've come back and she said, I've just booked a cruise and I've just booked us to Vegas. <laughs> Which wasn't necessarily a problem except Sue hated flying. And I said, you realise we're not swimming? <laughs> and she was, she was a big girl, she was brave and she, she went on the, on, the, on the flight and oh, we loved it. That's awesome. That was really great. That's cool. So, so let me tell me this. So you've done the transatlantic, you've done North America, you've done Europe. Uh, you did the one short Australian one. Do you have a favorite? Is there one cruise that stands out or, or one itinerary that stands out? Um, we liked, we did the sewers, sewers canal. Um, we liked that component of it, but I think we did New York to Quebec and that was, um, that was about 12 nights. That's very, very high on the itinerary. But the thing is, Matt and Kimbra, we love sea days. Yeah. So I, lo I love the aspect you go to bed, you get up when you want to get up and whatever else. And I don't get bored on a ship. But I'd say New York to uh, Quebec is really high on the... Uh, but there was a lesson with that as well because we had to then get home from Quebec um and we didn't really give that too much thought until we had to get off the ship in quebec at 4am because it stayed overnight drive to montreal which was scary for everyone else on the road because we're driving on the wrong side of the road <laughs> get to montreal fly to tampa tampa to la la back to sydney 38 wow. hours in total Ooh, wow. That's almost a work week over here. It <laughs> is in my office. <laughs> so that's that's a long flight. What is the what what is a normal flight for you guys to from the states to Australia? Is it is it about the same or a little bit I guess a little bit shorter without the without the Montreal flight? Oh yeah, look, here to LA is from Sydney, um, twelve and a half to thirteen and a half hours depending. Which is I love flying. I, I love planes, and Sue's good now. And um, it's just it's it's like a domestic flight for us now. It's nothing because we leave here and then we get into the US in the morning. Um, you know, when it'll be seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, it's perfect. Okay, you can sleep on the plane and everything. Some people. Well, we can. always get we we fly as we call it over here, cattle class, which is just the cheap but we get the last two seats at the back of the plane we always have and it's just two seats not three so you don't have anyone next to us there's a vacant space next to the seat and we're right at the back and we love it um and i i'm asleep within an hour of leaving sydney and i'll normally wake up for breakfast as we're going into la oh nice huh okay that i think that's a flight tip right there then if we're like it, when we when we fly to Australia at some point, we're gonna we're gonna take that tip up and try and get those, those seats at the back of the plane. I don't know if I can sleep on the plane, but I'm gonna try no, real hard. I'm not. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. You might on a flight that long though. You Maybe. Never know. That's a long. I don't know. That's a long flight, but not not too bad. But so so here's the thing though. Like if you fly from Australia to the United States, you're kind of going back in time, right? <laughs> yeah, time that's right. That's right. We 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 leave here and get there on the same day. <laughs> uh, the day before, I think, as it works out. But you'll find it when when you fly to Australia, you'll leave at about ten thirty at night, and then you'll get in here the next morning at ten thirty in America time. So you'll sleep because you'll be tired. I'll be excited. And I, I won't be tired. I'll, <laughs> I'll be I'll be so excited. I don't I don't know. <laughs> oh, you'll be, like, be excited. It'd be like a kid on Christmas night. You know, I like can't can't get any sleep. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That's a that's a lovely. I used like. to have a shirt that said that. <laughs> well, senior, it's when you. That says it. <laughs> it's when you go to Europe from here, so they're the big ones because it's normally uh, about sixteen hours, the first flight, then about another seven or eight after that. So, uh, so all right. Do you have a favorite ship that you've been on? 
You are wait before you answer that. Have you only sailed Royal Caribbean? Always. Yeah. Always. Okay. So so you're loyal to Royal. Uh, oh yeah. Do you have a favorite Royal Caribbean ship that you've sailed on? We would say Navigator. Um, Navigator of the Seas, just to set up. Um, I did like Independence. We did Independence um, Southampton to uh, Miami, and it's been done up again since. But what we've now done is we've now booked um, um, Harmony or Ovation. Now, Ovation and Quantum. So we're going on, we're trying the bigger ships. So the back to back to back next next year, we're doing um, two legs of that are with um, Ovation. And then uh, we've actually booked another Sydney one for 2022 out of desperation in case we can't fly. <laughs> right. and, and a New Zealand one on Quantum. Nice. Nice. So, so, yeah. Quantum is supposed to be like the real high tech ship, and then the the Oasis class, of course, are the are the huge ships, which I have not been on yeah. either one of those. I've only been on old Royal Caribbean ships, and uh, I like them, but uh, I really want to experience one of the newer ships to just really. I feel like I haven't gotten the full taste of Royal Caribbean until I get on one of those newer, bigger ships. Like that's kind of their, you know, their flagship, I guess, or the Oasis class. So I'm curious to, to get on one of those and what's so the one that you're doing over here you said that's the harmony of the seas is that the one you're on over here? Uh, i think it's harmony or i should know ovation i think ovation, ovation. ovation. okay yeah. that's the newest yeah. one i think that's the newest one or, i don't know i get i get them confused um and and that one is where's that one going uh that's um spain a barcelona to orlando and then we stay on and do orlando the uh, Caribbean, which we've done, but we're doing it again, um, San Juan and um, I'll think of it, St. Martin. Okay. Okay, nice. So so we've been there, but we're actually doing, we're talking about always loyal to Royal, we're actually doing an MSC before these, the, 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 two, the two legs, we're doing an MSC before then. Um, I know they're mixed, they're very polarising with comments about whether people like them, but we get to keep our... Um, the loyalty status we have with Royal, we get matched with MSC. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, automatic, and they are cheap. Yeah. I don't know what they're like, but they are cheap. I mean, I've I've heard, it, it, when they first came over to the United States, uh, I heard a lot of, of negative about them, but as time's gone on, I've heard nothing but positive about them. I think, I think from my perspective of, of what I can understand of it anyway, is when they came over here, they kind of had more of a European sort of uh, setup, which I, I don't think I'd mind that, but I, a lot of Americans are like, what's this? So, And then they've kind of switched gears a little bit to make it a little bit more of, of an American setup. And I think I think that was the big problem that people had. If, you know, it just wasn't the cruise experience they were used to from a, like a Florida cruise or something like that. But I think they've I think they've changed a lot of that. And I don't think that you probably wouldn't have minded the European because you've done European cruises. I don't think I would have minded that either. Some of their ships look amazing. Yeah, their their prices are really good on a lot of their cruises for sure. Oh, look, we we can um, we we we've seen them before in at um, Amsterdam, not Amsterdam, Copenhagen when we were there, and the ships are beautiful. And, yeah. and look, our attitude is it's a seven nighter out of Barcelona before the back to back with Royal. How bad can it be? Seriously, how right. bad can it be? I mean, it's a cruise ship. That's the that's the bottom line, right? Like yeah, people yeah. are like, com- they complain about a cruise ship. I'm like, it's still a cruise ship, right? Because, uh, you know, it's not like it's not like it's a bus or something that you're on. So no, who no. cares? I'm happy if you put me on a on a rowboat and give me some food, and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's switch a little bit to some Australia specific questions. And okay. uh, Kimber, why don't you ask this one? Because this was your question. <laughs> she she wanted to know this, and she and then I wrote it down. She's like, no, not really. I'm, she she wants to know this. Do you, do you have koalas and kangaroos in your backyard? <laughs> no, I no, just okay. <laughs> but I, but I, I I will tell you a quick funny story. Sue and I were on a ship once, and we're sitting at the pool, and a couple of young kids come up. From, they were from Texas. And they said, uh, oh, you're from Australia? And I said, yeah, and we are just chatting as, as you do. And they said, uh, 
could you get us a koala? <laughs> and I said, me not thinking outside. I said, of course I can. And they said, oh, could you? And could you send it to us? I said, of course I can. And they said, oh, if we get our dad and give you some money, would you send it to us? I said, look, don't worry about the money. I said, I can mail I can mail it. I'm thinking a stuffed koala. <laughs> and I said, I'll mail it to you. Just give me your address and make sure it's all right with your dad that I can have your address and I'll mail it to you. They, they disappeared for about half an hour and I come back with his father and his father said, well, how much do you, do you want? I said, I don't want your money, just need your address. And he said, well, who's going to pay for quarantine? And I said, quarantine for what? He said, the koala. I said, oh, you want a real one? And he goes, yes. I said, no, not happening. <laughs> they wanted a real, that's hilarious. I mean, if you could if you could get me a koala, I wouldn't even. Want, I love koalas, but come on, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, that's funny. So, so no koalas or kangaroos in the backyard, but okay. but you do see them, right? Like you guys have seen. I know you sent some video. You put it on YouTube or or not YouTube on Facebook or when you guys were driving, they had the like koala crossings and stuff like that over there. Is that? Was that oh look. Yeah, look, I could drive five minutes up the road now um, from where I am, and there's probably a hundred of them sitting in a in a paddock. That's at, so at cool. It's like alligators and, uh, for us. I know. Yeah, and and they're they're. Every, I mean, we've got a golf course up the road which is now closed, but it's always had kangaroos, and they've sort of fenced it off more like a, I suppose, quarantined it. But they reckon the kangaroo population's tripled in there oh because nobody's been in there no one in there and then there's grass water everything they need and uh koalas i mean i i did a job out in the country one day and i'm driving down this long road in the middle of nowhere and uh i could see something coming down the middle of the road and it was a koala but you see them yeah when you come over kimber we'll take you to show you all the wildlife (laughs) it's just so funny because i think of australia and i think of obviously kangaroos and koalas and we don't see those here <laughs> and it's like yeah i just there's a bunch of them down the street I'm like what do you mean uh, <laughs> i know so 20 cool. I, I know this year's been weird but if you start seeing kangaroos and koalas in the u.s it's gone totally wacko <laughs> <laughs> that is true yes i i mean i yeah all right, so so now I have this this one I know the answer to, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get this out there for the listeners. I'm trying to educate people in Australia and maybe myself a little bit. But uh, around when when I turned uh, maybe like 20, 21, let's just say because my mom listens, I didn't start drinking anything until I was twenty one, and uh, and that's the drinking age in the states. So um, I I I still I, even then I, I loved Australia, so I had always drank you know just garbage beer that we had around, but then. I saw Fosters sitting in a in a store, and I drank Fosters. And then somewhere, I think in the maybe the the late '90s, early 2000s, we started getting all these commercials that you know Fosters Australian for beer. But I'm pretty sure that's not very accurate. Is that true? That is spot on. It's <laughs> it's you, you can still you can buy it here, but not as common as you think. But it's, I mean. People get confused because the Melbourne Cup, which is a big horse race down here, um, it was always known as the Fosters Melbourne Cup because they sponsored it. Um, but no, not no. Everyone sort of associates uh, Fosters with Australia, but it's it's a bit of a uh, it's it's a mis- misperception, really. That's what I thought. So, what is the beer of choice in Australia? Uh, as an Aussie, I'm I'm hating to say this, Matt, but. <laughs> We're now into all these sort of boutique beers and, you know, it's it's got to be this with a touch of peach or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, no, don't do this to us. And uh, <laughs> But I, I like VB, which is Victoria Bitter. Uh, but there's Tui's, there's, there's numerous. I mean, there's numerous, but there's a lot of draft beers and stuff, uh, not draft beers, boutique beers and all that sort of stuff. And you go into a pub, you used to go into a pub when I was younger and there'd be two sort of taps would be if you don't drink this you drink that if you don't like that you don't have anything it was that but it's just rows and rows of taps and and I, and it's it's got flavors and whatever it's just I, i'm old-fashioned i know but <laughs> when 
When you come over, I'll get you. Um, I'll get you hooked on VB Victoria Bitter. That sounds good. <laughs> all right. So, all right. The, and then one more question here about about Australia, and uh, and that's the thing. In fact, I had this conversation with somebody today at work. Um, we were talking about. I had a I had a snake out um, that I was showing to people, and it it it's got the colors of a coral snake, which is a venomous snake here. And we started talking about dangerous animals and, and stuff like that. And they, and uh, I Australia came up. Imagine that Australia coming up in the conversation <laughs> involving me and snakes. But uh, but but of course the, the comment was, well, everything in Australia is trying to kill you. So that's that's like a perception that that I think a lot of Americans have that they're that people that live in Australia are crazy because there's all these really deadly. You got great white sharks. You got saltwater crocodiles. You got eastern brown snakes, and you've got uh, Sydney funnel web spiders and box jellies and irukandji. Is that really what it's like living in Australia? No, no. <laughs> but but I must admit we're all very fast runners. If we see a snake, <laughs> but but it, it's it's all about environment and it's about. I mean, look, we had a place down southwest of Sydney, out in the country, and it was bad for brown snakes. Mm. and and you know but you knew it was bad for brown snakes we had a neighbor on the adjoining property she opened her towel cupboard one day and took a towel out and this dirty big brown snake was curled up in the towel cupboard i mean that's but if you live there that's that's what it is right but but i mean you don't go swimming in cans because unless you want to wear stockings and get dressed <laughs> up like a drag queen because you you got to stop the box jellyfish Right. dragging you to the bottom of the ocean and killing you. But, I mean, that's <laughs> what it is. <coughs> now, there could, be some it is. there could be some drag queens that are just using that as an excuse. Ah, uh, there's plenty up that way that do that. <laughs> I'm not sure what all the makeup on their face is for, but any case. <laughs> if it's thick enough, it'll, it'll stop as a singing sound. That's like, but, I think that's but, the thing. But, but we get, look, we get funnel webs in season and and whatever else, but... But, you know, it's, it's not really any... I think the only thing we have down here, and you'd know better than I, is if you look on ratio of things, when it comes to snakes, we're right up there with the ones that are going to put you six foot under. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of second chances with a lot of them, but I always find amazing you can jump on a plane and go to our cousins in New Zealand four hours away and they don't have snakes. How does right. that happen? <laughs> they made a deal at some point with Australia and they got... They got the no snakes. You got all the snakes. <laughs> oh, that's true. The, the thing I always tell people about Australia, though, is that, that you guys are so good at dealing with your venomous animals that, like, if you if you are bitten by a, a venomous snake in the United States, it unless it's a coral snake, if it's if it's any of the rattlesnakes, if it's a copperhead or a cottonmouth, then they, if they even give you an antivenom, there's one type that's one size fits all for all the snakes except for the coral snake, which the coral snake is a close relative to the snakes you guys have in Australia. Yep. But my understanding in Australia is if you get bitten by a, a brown snake in uh, one territory versus another, not only do you get an antivenom for the brown snake, but you get it for snakes from that area. It's very specialized. You guys make your antivenom in a way that's much safer for people to have it administered. And so... Mm. Even though you guys have the deadly stuff there, it's not you know it's not in Slytherin around Sydney probably, but uh, but even if even when people are bitten, I think you probably have a pretty good chance of surviving that. Does that seem accurate? Oh yeah, well we've got a um, close to us, half an hour from us is the um, uh, reptile park, Australian reptile park, and um, it was started off by a fellow named Eric Worrell way back in the seventies, and he's passed on, but. Um, they do they do a lot of the um, snake milking and spider milking and everything else and uh, you can get bitten just about anywhere now and th there's vaccines everywhere I mean that all the hospitals have them and it's, it's very rare now that someone gets bitten and they actually they pass away which is know? good which is good yeah. yeah so people out there look Australia is not as bad as you think as far as de deadly animals go yeah they've got some really interesting creatures over there but uh, you just use a little common sense, and um, and you're going to be just fine. So, all right. So let's let's come back to cruising for just a minute. 
Let's think about Wait, the future. I'm, I'm going to interrupt oh, real quick. Sorry. Okay. No, go ahead. These these spiders that you're talking about, are oh, these yeah, like the really big ones? She doesn't like spiders. They are. Um, Some of are fairly, fairly big. They're they're like tarantula size, I think, right? Is that... Oh, your funnel webs aren't that big, but you yeah. can, we get bush, uh, bushmen, spiders, and things like that. I think um, a dessert plate, something around <laughs> that. And But a lot of... Look, there's real bad things. We, we get fire ants here, but oh, yeah. something eats them. And then we get cockroaches. Something eats cockroaches. Then the mice eat the cockroaches. The rats eat the mice. The snakes <laughs> eat the rats. And down it goes. You just got to stay out of that food chain, Kimber. <laughs> right. Do, do you do you regularly see these very large eight-legged creatures? Uh Define C because as soon as I know there's one meat, you'll hear me scream and you'll hear me go off into the distance. I don't like spiders. I you don't guys like get along really well. Do they hang out inside your house? Not intentionally. Okay. Um, the the neighbours know if we get a spider in our house because they'll see me and Sue out on the clothesline going, ah, they've got a spider again. Okay. That's Kimber's kryptonite. Is, is it is. It's like I, it's weird for me because I, I love know spiders. You, Matt, you always say that you want to go to Australia, but the one thing I've always told my mom is she travels all the time, and I've always said if she goes to Australia, she has to take me with her because it's the <laughs> one place I've always wanted to go. But these spiders are making me think about it a little bit. So there's well, no spiders in Australia. This is an audio podcast. You can't see me winking right now. <laughs> no, no, there isn't one spider in Australia. Okay. There you go. Then I'm all, I'm, I'm back in it. You've got it right there. I'm not saying there's not millions. I'm just saying there's not one. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, she's not, she's not going to let that stop her from going No, but right. I'll tell you, if, if I see one or if one's near me, the entire continent will know. This is what I f foresee. Like down the f in the future, we're down under. We're visiting. We're visiting Dave and Sue. We're having dinner at their house. There's a spider, <laughs> and the three of you go running down the neighborhood, and I'm there with my camera taking pictures of it and trying to make friends. Probably, <laughs> but you better get rid of it before we come I'll, back. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll uninvite it from that from the house before you guys come back. <laughs> uh, Sue would be the first one out the door. <laughs> I don't know. I I can run pretty fast when it's something like that. <laughs> we'll I, race. We, we went to um, San Juan to the Citadel once, and we went up to this Citadel, the fort, and I'd, it's got those lizards everywhere. You'd know what they are, Matt, there. The iguanas, they, probably. Yeah, according to Sue, they're 19 foot long, but... Uh, <laughs> but we're up in this Citadel, and everywhere you go, there's lizards and soup. I had to do everything but piggyback Sue because oh, she just freaked out. She And I said, they're, they're not coming near you. Just leave them alone. If you stop screaming at them, they'll, they'll stop changing colour. But she just, <laughs> not good. That's, that's awesome. All right, so so that my cruising question I had for you. I know you have some stuff booked right now, but is there is there a place that you guys want to go that you haven't been? Like do you do you have like a bucket list destination or or something like that? Oh yeah, we we, we did um, uh, the Baltic and Arctic Arctic Circle, but we now want to expand that to do uh, Iceland and Greenland. There is a cruise we can do. Um, it's it's quite expensive. Uh, well, it's very expensive. So we're sort of keep putting it back in the pecking order but we wanted we want to do it in probably in the next three years if we can yeah and uh it, yeah it's, it's a it's a popular one but it's it is very probably what it costs you to do that you could probably do two or three other cruises if that makes sense so. oh wow yeah but this, i bet the scenery and stuff is just out of oh, well, well when we did the arctic circle that that was magnificent and then through norway and whatever else but um yeah that that'd be it but look i'm happy to just our intention was we always said when once we realised we wanted to cruise, we would always go overseas whilst health allowed us to do so. And once it gets to the stage where it's just not comfortable to fly or finances don't permit, we'll we'll, we'll cruise local, you know. You're, that's why you're just saving it all up for, for the local cruises then, right? Oh, eventually, yeah. <laughs> 
we'll, where, we'll do where, the where do the uh, where where can you cruise in Australia? I, you know, you said New Zealand, but are there are there a lot of cruises in Australia that like do they just go up the the east coast or, or are there west coast cruises or they go all around or what what's the story there? Oh no, they go out to places like um, they go out into the Pacific Islands, so they go to Fiji and places like that. Okay, There's yeah, actually cruising. Yeah, Ian's done that. Well, you know, Ian's another another Australian. Yeah, Ian. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you can okay. do Fiji and, oh, look, I can't think of the names of the place, but there's like this Mystery Island or something. But they, there's about six or seven um, stopovers. And they're normally, you know, anything from seven to 14 days. But you can go out there and then you can get New Zealand. New Zealand would be, uh, that's the one we got booked two years' time. But look, there's a heap of cruises. You can go around Australia if you want. Um, and for someone like yourself... That would be an awesome cruise because you go to Western Australia, Northern, Northern Australia, Southern Australia. So you know you, you get to do the whole lot. Tasmania, hmm. and then they're, they're normally a, a fairly um, a long cruise, but enjoyable. I mean, you, you're going to be in 35 degree heat up north and probably 20 degree heat down south. You know. Okay, I can I can deal with that. That would be that'd be pretty good. Put that on the. I'll the do future, that. future. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just as yeah. long as the spiders stay off the ship. That's the that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's my one thing about going to Australia is like I I just don't know how much time I'm gonna need to see everything I want to see, and there's no way I'm gonna see everything I want to see in one. We just trip. have They're to just, go back more than once. Just make it like an annual yeah. trip. Okay. That'd be that'd be cool. Can do. can you afford that? Sure, I, I got lottery tickets right over here. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, the good part with Australia, and it's a lady said it to me once that lived in Australia that liked the US, 13 hours out of your life, which is half a day, you jump on a plane, you're in another country, and I mean, off you go. And there's a lot of uh, Americans we know that come down. I mean, you've got to have, you know, print your, have your own money machine, I suppose, but they come down for just 10 days and jump on a plane and go back. <laughs> I mean, you know... You can get flights returned to Australia now at the moment. Oh, at the moment, you can't do anything. But we used to get flights for nine hundred dollars return. Okay, that's a Australian dollar. I think I think that's fairly similar to the U.S. dollar. Right? I'm not sure. Oh no! Oh, not no. now. No. Our first our first cruise. Um, for every American dollar, we used to get a dollar four. So okay. it was it was really good. Yeah. Uh, our last American dollars we bought was in February, and we got sixty-six cents. Oh, wow! Okay. The, the dollar's <laughs> really bad. So, yeah. so if I if I wanted to buy, um, so if I had a hundred American, it's only worth about sixty-six dollars Australian. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, that yeah. does hurt. Yeah, we need to turn that around so that we can when we come big to time. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Dave, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, uh, and and telling us all about Australia and your cruises. Next time, we will have you back on, and we will have Sue here as well uh, to, to talk about future stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm up, up the upper class now. It's a privilege. It's lovely to come <laughs> on. You're famous now. Yeah. Never be famous. No. <laughs> you won't get famous, don't no. worry. <laughs> no, not because of you guys, it's just me. <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, again, it's good talking to you, and uh, can't we talk to you again? And, and hopefully some point we'll see you in, in person again. Next year in Orlando. That's that's that, that's a definite, yes. And then we'll come it's to planned. Australia after that. There you go. Jump on the plane with us. <laughs> <laughs> we might. <laughs> okay, guys. I could listen to him talk for hours. I could talk to him for hours. I mean, what a, you know, I mean, Dave and Sue are great people first, but then I just love Australia too. So just, they have such a, there's such a wealth of knowledge and just interesting to hear somebody from Australia. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little, a little googly eyed over Australia, but. I agree. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're great over heels they're, they're down under. I don't know. That. They're great people, but I also Australian accent is like my well, top. Wait, two. Do I gotta, wait a minute. Do I got to keep you away from Dave now? No, 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 no. 
<laughs> but I could still listen okay. to him talk for hours. <laughs> no, for sure. Like Australian accent, any of the UK accents is just, yeah. Wish I sounded like that. Yeah, me too. American, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, that was a great conversation and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, so since we're since we're all about Australia because it's 50 and we love Australia, we thought we would just do this. So Kimber and I were trying to figure out what Australian animal to do as a cruise creature. And yeah, I know you may not see these animals if you're cruising, but some of them Australian animals. If you're in Australia, you're going to see animals that are going to be on a cruise and it's a cruise creature, right? So, but anyway, we couldn't decide because there's just too much to love in Australia. So wait, wait a minute. Did what? you just say that these animals are going to be on a cruise? <laughs> I want to book that cruise. I want to <laughs> go on the cruise with all the Australian animals on it. <laughs> That's, that's what you just said, right? It'd be like an Australia's Noah's Ark or something. Yeah, that'd be that'd Just be Australia. Fun. Only Australia. But anyway, there's so many cool animals there. We couldn't decide, so we decided we'd just talk about some of our favorite Australian animals and give you guys a rundown of some. I'm sure you've heard of some of these. Maybe you haven't heard of others, and we'll throw in a few fun tidbits here and there as it comes up. So first of all, let me just explain a little bit about Australia itself and why they have so many weird, freaky animals there. Because there's really no place quite like Australia. They are so different from all the other continents as far as animals go. I mean, there's a lot of similar species on Africa and Asia, North America. Australia is like this weird thing. And the reason is because Australia basically separated from the other land masses earlier. And so evolution kind of went a little bit weird down there. I mean, look, we say weird just because the rest of the world is what we say is normal. Maybe we're the weird ones. But there's a lot of interesting animals down there, a lot of interesting groups of animals. So let's start with those two groups of mammals that you only find. Well, that's not true. One group of mammals that you only find pretty much in Australia, around Australia, and the other one is mostly in Australia. The first one is a group called monotremes. Do you know who the monotremes are, Kimbra? No. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something and I couldn't come up with something clever. So the answer is just no. That's all right. I'm going to tell you the animals that are a part of this group and then you're going to know who they are. Okay. I mean, that sounds like really obvious, right? You're going to know what makes them in this group. I think. I think. So here are the animals that are part of the monotreme group. There's really only two current animals, although there are some different species of one of them or subspecies. One of them is the echidna and the other one is the uh, duck-billed platypus or just platypus. So what what are the monotremes? What characteristic do monotremes have that make them different? A beak. Well, they do. Well, I well, guess echidnas kind of have kind of have a little more of a, of a snout than a beak. But there's something else that they both do that's very unique that no other mammal does. Oh, um, they lay eggs. They lay eggs. You got it. Monotremes are the only egg-laying mammals around today. And that makes them pretty strange, right? Warm-blooded mammal laying eggs. I mean, warm-blooded birds lay eggs. You know, really only animals that are truly warm-blooded are birds and mammals. Everything else is... Anyway, that's another tangent. But, uh, yeah, so they lay eggs, which is really interesting. The echidna and the the platypus. The platypus is also one of the few venomous animals. You go, well, of course it's venomous. It lives in Australia. But it, it's not dangerously venomous. Only the males are venomous. They have a venomous spine on their back legs that they use for defense. Uh, and also, here's another thing that I didn't realize about the platypus until... I really started seeing more video and pictures of them. They're very, very small. I always had a picture in my head of platypus being maybe the size of like a like an otter or something like that, like a river otter. No, no, no. These guys are little. Think more like the size of a guinea pig. Oh, really? Yeah, they're tiny, tiny little things. And of course, when scientists first found them, they actually thought it was a hoax. They thought somebody had sewed a duck beak onto some sort of aquatic mammal and it's, it was really strange, but that's just the monotreme. They're just a they're just a weird species. Now the echidna is kind of like a hedgehog. They have spikes. Their hairs kind of turned into these big spines or spikes. 
they're not like porcupines. They can't, like, if you touch one, the spikes aren't going to come off of their body. And they're thicker than even, like, the hedgehog. They get pretty big, too. Think, like, um, the size of a porcupine or the size of maybe, like, a raccoon kind of-ish. Uh, but here's what's interesting about them. I used to work at the St. Louis Zoo, and we had an, some echidnas. And, uh, and one day I went to work, and I found out that the, there was a baby echidna. And everybody was like, wait, they didn't know? How do they? It lays eggs. How do you not know that a baby is, is about to emerge? Well, they keep the eggs tucked in a little pouch. And so they incubate the eggs in their pouch. So they had no idea that this thing had an egg. And then it, and then it hatched and there was a baby echidna, which, by the way, is called a puggle. Not like hmm. the weird dogs. But, but these, are, these are actually one of the cutest things I've ever seen. Look up baby echidna puggle right now and you're gonna you're gonna see how adorable they are they look like nifflers from harry potter dude i was waiting for you to stop talking so i could say that that <laughs> Sorry, was like I stole, my line i stole your harry potter thunder man so <laughs> what i really like about echidnas is that the babies look like nifflers <laughs> but unlike nifflers they don't go around stealing your stuff i don't think i don't know actually i don't know i've, I've not really experienced i never even really saw well i saw the baby echidna but not for not until it had grown a little bit. So I didn't see it in puggle form okay. before I got its spikes and everything. I'm telling you guys, look up puggle, but don't just look up puggle because then you'll get some weird dog thing. So look up echidna puggle and they're just adorable. You have to be with a name like puggle, right? That's true. Except that weird dog thing. <laughs> Now, uh, the the other group of mammals that is kind of odd, that is mostly in Australia, are the marsupials. So we do have marsupials that are in North America and South America called possums, or some people call them opossums. But, uh, but the majority of marsupials are in Australia. And these are things like kangaroos, wallabies, wombats. There, I mean, there's a whole... Koala? Uh, koalas. There's a whole slew of these marsupials. And of course, the marsupial has some interesting characteristics too. Do you know anything about marsupials? They have a pouch. They do. And so their babies are born really, really early on. And they look like embryo things. And they climb out and they get into the pouch. And they, they then nurse. They breastfeed or nurse on mom. And they grow until they get big enough to outgrow the pouch. So they're kind of like almost in between uh, eggs and non-eggs, in a sense. Kind of, kind of cool. Kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. But there's some really, there's a lot of different types of marsupials in Australia, and some really cool ones. Of course, we mentioned kangaroos, and um, koala, koalas, which are, uh, you know, a lot of people like those. I like those. They're, they're pretty, cute and fuzzy. <laughs> All right. What are some other Australian animals that you like, Kimbra? Um, you've named the, most of them. I, I shouldn't have started with mammals. You shouldn't have. Um, how about a sugar glider? Those are pretty cute. Those are, those are also marsupials. They, they do range outside of Australia a little bit as well, but, uh, yeah, pretty adorable little thing. Sugar gliders. And like the name implies, they have a, a layer of skin between their front and back legs that, gives them these little flaps that they can use to glide through the air. Yeah, I know a lot of people around here have them as pets and stuff. Yeah. Maybe not they, a lot, but I've seen them as pets. They're in the pet trade. Yeah. yeah, they're in the pet trade. I can tell you that um, a long time ago, I briefly had a sugar glider as a pet. And the problem with having them as a pet is that if they kind of, they're kind of like some birds where they sort of imprint on a person. And if they don't imprint on you, then... Um, they will basically hate you their whole life. So <laughs> I don't know if that's completely true, but but they they definitely you need to get them when they're really young and, and really spend a lot of time with them. Um, and the other thing I can tell you about them is they are frugivores. Do you know what a frugivore eats? Fruit. That's right, fruit. And so things that tend to eat just fruit, when they poop, it's like they're spray painting sticky fruit poop all over the wall, which is not really something that's fun to clean up. No, no. I, was, I was trying to turn it around to something good, but no. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever seen like fruit juice that was spilled on a table 
and then you don't see it until like a couple hours later and then you have to kind of clean that up. Imagine that, only it's caca and it's got some little other bits of stuff Ew. in it. Yeah, it's not it's not pleasant. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But they are adorable. They are big eyes, just cute cute little things. So I'm looking at this list of Australian animals and one of the things on there and it makes me it makes me laugh a little bit because I had to click on it to see something more, but it says paramelomorphia and I'm like, what is that? So I clicked on it and so it's a bandicoot. Bandicoot. Okay, like but the I was video like, game. Why didn't it just say bandicoot? Yeah, I don't cuz scientists like to be hoity-toity <laughs> with the, with the names and stuff like that. Like I'm going to talk about crocodilus porosus and crocodilus Johnston I and that's how I say it, but other people call them saltwater crocodiles and freshwater crocodiles or salties and freshies as they're often referred to in Australia and those are the two crocodilian species over there and uh, two of my favorites of course a lot of people know about saltwater crocodiles they are the arguably the biggest crocodile though i would say that my gharials get a little bit longer uh, but they're also one of the more dangerous crocodiles in that they just consider us part of the food chain <laughs> not like our crocodiles in the united states when an american crocodile has an incident with a human we consider that a mistake when an australian crocodile or saltwater crocodile they're not just in australia has an incident with a human, we just consider that like a Tuesday. So uh, there's a big difference there. The freshwater crocodiles, however, are not a threat to humans at all. They don't get very big. Uh, they live in, as the, the name implies, they live in freshwater. And uh, they live, they're, they're a lot more terrestrial than the saltwater crocodiles. One of my favorite things about the Johnston's freshwater crocodile is that they are the fastest crocodile on land. And there are videos of these crocodiles galloping. And yes, I mean galloping so fast that it points during their run, all four legs are off the ground. These guys are super fast, just really cool crocodiles. Have kind of a slender, more slender snout. They're very specialized at eating fish. And I, I mean, normally I think they max out about five or six feet. So they're not really a big threat to humans unless you try and grab one. And then, yeah, they're going to protect themselves. But other than that, not really a problem. But those are the crocodilians over in Australia. And, of course, I love crocodilians, so those are some of my favorite animals. Who else we got? Um, so I've got two more that I'm going to name. I mean, there's obviously a lot more. But the thorny devil. Oh, yeah. Thorny devils are lizards. And look them up because I don't know how I would possibly describe the thorny devil. They are kind of reddish brown and cream colored um, with thorny protrusions on their skin <laughs> here's what's cool about the thorny devil though uh, so they live in the outback which is a good portion of australia's outback which is kind of a very desert type environment and so there's not a lot of access to water so what this lizard does to get water is it will walk through brush that has collected dew in the morning so in the morning there's little drops of dew the lizard walks through and these little spines on its body will actually disrupt the drops of water and they'll roll onto the lizard's body. And the way that these spiny protrusions are formed, um, a lot of that water will actually trickle right down into their mouth or right next to their mouth and they can just lap it up. So that's pretty cool, right? They are so cute. They're self-watering lizards which is pretty awesome. Other lizards that are really popular in the pet trade are, of course, bearded dragons are Australian, and they're really, really cool. And, uh, and also blue-tongued skinks. Most of those guys live in Australia and also very, very, very cool lizards. All right, any other reptiles you want to mention? Um, yeah, a jungle carpet python. Yeah. <laughs> You mean like Zilly, our pet snake? Yeah, I mean like Zilly, the pet snake. <laughs> yes, there there are some really cool pythons in Australia. Green tree pythons, like the storybook Verdi, which are beautiful. And of course, jungle carpet pythons. Well, there's carpet pythons, and then our carpet python, which is from Australia, is a jungle phase carpet python, which is almost black and bright yellow. Beautiful, beautiful she, snake. She's a Hufflepuff snake. <laughs> She's a she's a Hufflepuff snake. Okay. All right. That's fine. She should. I thought all snakes would by default be Slytherins, but whatever. She's black and yellow. But she's a snake. Maybe she's us because <gasps> I'm a Slytherin and you're a Hufflepuff. 
Oh my gosh, Matt, that's so cute. I never even thought about that. That's like the most appropriate pet snake for us, I guess. Other than maybe like a Florida king snake, which is also black and yellow. Anyway, uh, yeah. So there's there's a lot of cool snakes in 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 Florida. There are cool snakes in Florida, but in Australia, <laughs> which is what we're talking about, some of my other favorite snakes are they have a lot of of uh, venomous snakes in Australia. And as I talked, I talked about those a little bit in the interview. Of course, uh, Australia actually has more venomous snakes than non-venomous snakes which is really weird. Like, for example, Florida has over 40 snakes and only only like five or six, depending on what part of Florida you're in, are venomous. So uh, the odds are much different here in the States. Most of Australia's snakes, actually all of Australia's venomous snakes, are in the Elapidae family, which is the group that cobras and coral snakes are in. But most of them are not super toxic. There are some that are extremely toxic in Australia, but the majority of their venomous snakes are are actually really not that bad, even though they are venomous snakes. So lots of cool snakes over there. Uh, what about any other reptiles that you, that you want to talk about? Not that I can think of. Is there one that you're thinking of that I should say? So my favorite group of lizards, the monitor lizards, or as they call them in Australia, goannas, are... They're, they're found in Africa, they're found in Asia, but Australia has the most variety of, of goannas or monitor lizards. And uh, lace monitors, one of my favorites. Parentine monitors are one of my favorites. Um, I think crocodile tree monitors are New Guinea. I don't think they're in Australia, but they're also one of my favorites. But yeah, so lots of cool reptiles in Australia, even little tiny lizards little tiny monitor lizards, goannas, and then really big ones like the parentine and the lace monitor. Pretty cool stuff. All right, any any birds you want to mention from Australia? The kookaburra. Kookaburra, of course. Kookaburra. Emu. Kook- kookaburra lives in the old oak tree. Emus, yes, that's an Australian bird. I mean, I'm not a big emu fan. No, I'm not either. Are but cool. Yeah. Mostly they just have that song, I think. Yeah. But, uh, and there's... um. They're cassowary, which is another flightless bird that's kind of cool looking. So look them up if you're looking for Australian animals that are pretty nifty. Uh, those are all the birds that, that I know of. I'm not as familiar with the Australian birds. There's probably some. Oh, wait, what am I saying? Actually, this is where um, I believe parakeets are. Say, cockatoo is Cock- on my list here. Cockatoo. Yeah, cockatiels and cockatoos, which I love. I'm not a huge like bird parrot person. I mean, they're fine. But I do have a special warm place in my heart for the cockatoo, and cockatoos are Australian, just by happenstance, I guess. Like, I was a fan of the cockatoo before I knew it was Australian. Mm-hmm. It just worked out that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. All right. So uh, let's see. What else do we have over there? Of course, fish-wise, you've got great white sharks, one of the main places you'll find great white sharks. And, and I know they aren't fish, but... You also have the Great Barrier Reef, which is the largest uh, coral reef in the world, continuous coral reef in the world on the planet, and just thousands of amazing creatures that live in and amongst the Great Barrier Reef. And on the other coast, on the western side of Australia, you have the Blue Ring Octopus, which are absolutely beautiful, cute little things, very dangerous. You don't want to pick one up, but, uh, but adorable electric blue rings, pretty cute, pretty cute animals. Who else we got? Anybody else we want to talk about from Australia? Um, do you know anything about bilbies? I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with them at all. What are they called? It's called a bilby. Is that like the Hobbit? <laughs> bilby Bilbo. Baggins? It's. Um, I think that actor's is he Australian? New Zealand? I don't know. Anyway, well, the, the, the Hobbit was was the Hobbit filmed in New Zealand? I know the yes. Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, because it's, it's still in the, the Shire. They still start at the Shire. Right, but that doesn't mean they filmed it there. Like, well, that's, that's not where the actual Shire was because oh, it's a fiction okay. book. But what are bilbies? Tell me about bilbies. Are, um, they, are they birds, mammals? It's a mammal. Okay, it's, it's a marsupial. Um, I guess, I well, I'll have to do more research. <laughs> <laughs> do you know about bilbies? If you do, send us an email at fantasticcruising.com. At Gmail. Whoa, she just pulled up a picture. It looks like a combination of, does it have a long snout? It looks like a combination of a rabbit and a chinchilla. So this says. With a shrew face. So the bilby, also called greater bilby. 
or Greater Rabbit-Eared Bandicoot. It's a small burrowing, burrowing nocturnal long-eared marsupial. Oh, so this is the bandicoot. Well, it's different. Okay. I mean, it's like a bandicoot, but there's also the other bandicoot. They don't look anything like the video game character, though. That's what I would no. say. No. But it's a cute creature. It's Whatever almost like it is. the jackalope or something. They don't have <laughs> antlers. So is that it? Is that all the Australian animals we're going to cover? I've got one more. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it is the happiest animal on earth. The happiest animal on earth. Okay. It's called a quokka. Quokka. Spell it. Q-U-O-K-K-A. Quokka. We think that's how you say it. Yeah, I don't really know. But it is... I've seen a picture of this creature like going around and it just smiles like it is just a happy, happy creature. I mean, it, it, we're anthropomorphizing a little bit there, but uh, but yes, yeah. look, look these things up. I can see them on Kimber's monitor and it, what did you say? What does it look like? It looks like a wallaby bear chipmunk. A wallaby bear chipmunk. Okay. With maybe a little wombat thrown in. Maybe. But th- yeah, they have like this permanent smile look on the about them so if you're if you're having a bad day just look at a picture of a quokka yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so there's your homework look up these animals these australian animals what did we miss let us know send us a send us an email fantasticcruising at gmail.com what is your favorite australian animal but look australia is a really really cool continent with lots of really amazing wildlife some great ecosystems they have rainforest they have outback which is kind of desert they have uh they have cold water in the south especially and that's you have things like penguins on australia it's a really amazing place so we couldn't possibly cover all the animals in this episode but hopefully we gave you a taste of australia all right matt That was a good episode. I enjoyed all the animals, and it's time to head for the horizon maybe next year. Maybe next year. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. was 50 episodes down and you've been here since episode six so you've been here for 45 of those technically i've been here well, for you, 50 of them well, yeah you've but been the people here. haven't heard me that's right that's right you've been a part of it since the beginning and helping behind the scenes stuff but you've been actually a voice on the podcast for 45 episodes yeah that's a long time it is i never thought that i would do that (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh thank you guys for listening and thank you guys that listen to the after the credits part i don't think we have anything else exciting to say other than we've discovered how easy it is to make delicious smoothies i don't know (laughs) why we're going to talk about that but (laughs) but we have it's really easy and we bought the pre-made mix and that was good, but um, it's a lot cheaper, and you can get exactly what you want if you just buy fruit, cut it up, and freeze it yourself. And then you just put it in a blender with a little milk. And it's surprisingly like easy. Like I've always been yeah. like, I'm not going to do a smoothie because it's so much work, and it's not. It went smoothily. Uh-huh. So that's our breakfast now is smoothies. We're trying to get back on this healthy eating thing. So that's... That's how it starts. Smoothies for breakfast. We've been doing PB&J and yogurt for lunch. And then we just got to figure out how to eat healthy for dinner. And we'll be good to go. Yes.